0: Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we are joined by one of our favorite guests, Dr. Selena McGee, and we're going to be talking about preservatives on The OI Show.
1: I'm Dr. Mila Brugic, and we're joined again with my compadre, Dr. Dave Kading, and we're joined today with Dr. Selena McGee. We're going to be doing a deep dive into preservatives. So Let's start the discussion and talk about preservative options for tear replacements, whether they're preservative-free, use BAK as a preservative, or some other ingredient to prevent microbes, because that's really the concern that we have. So what are some of the challenges that can arise with non-preserved single-use containers?
2: You know, they're great until they're not. And then a case comes to mind is patients that have dexterity issues, Patients that need something on the go, you know, when you have these really tiny vials and once you open it, you can't unopen it. And so there's risk of contamination, which is exactly why we're trying to not have happen. And so we've done the best that we could in the past with the single use vials. I just think that it's time to think a little differently and have technology like, you know, a univalve one directional um, one directional approach in a bottle that patients can utilize so i think there's multiple reasons but for patients with dexterity issues and patients on the go those two things are the top of mind for me
0: but selena we we're a long ways away from having every single eye drop that is out there out there uh, out there to be in that arena how concerned should we be about the effects of BAK and the ocular surface how much is too much
2: you know I think that's a great question and but here's what what we can do is when we look at the clinical impact of ophthalmic preservatives it can cause ocular surface disease it can certainly exacerbate already present ocular surface disease you know patients there was a study that was done on glaucoma patients that looked at their compliance with their medications and what was interesting is when they had pain tearing staining actually from their ocular surface disease They stopped taking their glaucoma medication, which that's the very medication we want our patients to be on to prevent the loss of sight, which is what we're all here to do every day. So I think that it's thinking differently. And we do have a lot of technology that we can utilize alongside maybe a medication that we don't have a solution yet that's preservative-free. And when I say that, I'm thinking differently as far as can utilize lubricating drops that are preservative-free. Maybe we're not putting something on the ocular surface. Maybe we're going through the nose and we're stimulating the lacrimal functional unit in that way. Maybe we're doing procedure-based versus topical drops. We have a lot of options just because we don't have the technology yet that we can employ with our patients. And I always think about this when I'm adding a second medication in my glaucoma patients. And certainly when I'm adding a second medication to my ocular surface disease patients. And then if patients are utilizing anything over the counter, that's always preservative free.
1: So BAK has its inherent challenges. We understand that. We know that. And we know that there's companies that have produced preservatives to try and kind of thwart the effects of preservatives on the ocular surface. Purite, that we know is more gentle. Sofsia, which we know is more gentle. So what are your thoughts around these other preservatives, Selena? and, And do you change your philosophy a little bit when when we talk about these alternative preservatives as opposed to preservative free?
2: You know, I mean I always try to choose preservative free when I can. Purite's an interesting one because, you know, once it hits the the air, it will neutralize basically into sterile water, right? So it's a really interesting molecule. So I think that there is good technology there. And if we can utilize that, and that's our choice, that's certainly better than choosing BAK. So I think that we just have to make informed decisions and recognize too where the patient is in their journey. You know, if I have somebody that's 35, 40, I'm going to probably choose differently and think about how I'm going to treat this patient for the rest of their life. So that plays into it too on what we're applying to the ocular surface. But I think as a whole and as a community, we really need to stress the importance to our industry, people who that are, you know, doing this bench to bedside, why the importance is and why at the bedside, we need preservative free because of the impact that has on our patient's quality of life for the duration of their life.
0: Um, Dr. McGee, I just kind of want to want to switch gears just a little bit. And one thing that you've taught me is how how words matter, right? You and I talk about this from time to time. And something like artificial tears, right? Makes you think of, oh, this is just as good as a normal tear. It's just an artificial one. And so we need to be coming up with better words for, for for this. I want you to share a little bit about that philosophy that you have. And alongside of that, how do you select a lubricating drop? There's things that have lipids in them, osmoprotectants, you have viscosity agents. How do you kind of, Pick what you're going to go with for the patient when you're selecting a lubrication drop.
2: I think that's super smart. And I love that you use the word. And I actually learned this from Mark Blumenstein and it's lubrication. It's not an artificial tear. Our natural tears or our real tears have over 1500 different things in them, whether it's proteins, anti-inflammatories, growth factors. There's nothing that any of us can create to replicate that or artificially make that. We have to have the body either make its own um but words do matter and so when I talk to patients about this this is a lubricating drop that helps support the front surface. So that's the first part of the conversation. The second question you ask is what do I look for? So I look for things like hyaluronic acid which has its own natural water weight times about a thousand. Hmm. It also matters the specific gravity of that HA and how it lands on the front surface. So there's a, there's a lot of molecular things that are going on with HA. So that's important. Another one that I look for is trehalose. And when you look at the properties of trehalose, that comes from, it's the Rose of Jericho, right? Yeah. And, and When you look at, that's a a plant that lives in the desert that doesn't get any rain for like 18 months, but it's able to sustain itself because of the properties of trehalose. And when you have that osmoprotectant on the front surface coupled with HA and a preservative free formulation that I can utilize on every single patient, that's a win. You know, I think one of the challenges that we're sometimes faced with is we have a lot of contact lens patients. And there's certain medications and certain drops that you can't use on top of a contact lens. So the last thing I want to have to think about in clinic is, okay, this lubricating drop I can put on this patient, but I can't use it on this one. Mm. So I also bring that into the scenario too. I, I need simple. And when I have lubrications that are are, are preservative free, I can use on every patient that have those unique properties complete win.
1: So Selena here's a question that it, it is going to be a, maybe a little bit tricky to answer because it's going to you're going to have to think about you know responding to the audience on how you actually position it but where do you put this drop like who do you utilize it for who are you thinking that tear supplementation is going to be the appropriate or the right strategy because I know you're doing so many advanced procedures I know you're embracing all the new therapeutics that are available Who's the right candidate for this? And and more importantly to us as the clinicians, how do we know when to be recommending these?
2: So I think the first and biggest takeaway is a lubricating drop doesn't treat disease. So when a patient has dry disease, I'm not reaching for any kind of over-the-counter lubricant. In my mind, lubricating drops are rescue and to make the patient feel better but they're not to actually treat the disease. So I think that's the the first thing. So when I, and I'll walk you through my protocol a little bit so that I think that will help set the stage for what I do, what I do. Um, we screen every patient for dry eye because in my mind, every patient has dry eye until we prove that they don't, just like we do that with glaucoma, right? I know you two are doing the exact same thing. So we do a screening questionnaire. We look at the cornea with staining. We look at the conge with staining and then we're pushing on my bone glands. So if a patient presents and is diagnosed with dry eye disease, and by the way, when you look at the incidence and the prevalence of it, it's a it's 40% over the age of 40. So if I see 10 patients this morning in that category and I haven't diagnosed four people with it, I need to go back and look at what's wrong with my system that didn't uncover them. So once I make a diagnosis, then I am therapeutically treating patients, whether that's with an immunomodulator, if their osmolarity is high, if they have inflammation, I'm doing a steroid with induction therapy. Sometimes I'll use a steroid as a rescue if we have a flare. And then we're doing procedures based on if they have rosacea, if they have malbumin gland dysfunction and they have obstruction, there's nothing that's going to fix that except doing a procedure to unobstruct the glands. So I think we have to be really targeted in our approach. And 20 years ago, we couldn't because we didn't have what we have today. But what we have today now, we can certainly be more thoughtful and have a targeted approach To treating dry eye disease. So a very long winded answer to where do I use lubricating drops is in conjunction to all of those things. So for example, if I have a patient that I've put on an immunomodulator and they need something a little bit more, I will actually utilize a second medication through the nose or a mechanical device so that we stimulate their real tears. If we need something beyond that, then I'm utilizing a preservative free formulation like something with HA and Trehalose to give them that relief when they need it in between the therapeutic things that are actually treating the disease. You know, and I learned this from Dave patients are symptomatic, and the signs that we see are sometimes different based on just what's going on simply in the patient's life that day. And so I think that giving them control too of their disease and having something at their hand that they know they can get some relief with that's used in conjunction with their therapies is really beneficial, yeah. but it's, it's intentional and thoughtful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm really grateful we're in this world today where we have, you know, therapeutic procedures we can do in the office, we have devices we can send home with patients, and we have prescription medications, both, you know, in the nose and in the eye, and we have all these amazing lubricating drops that have enhanced and improved over time, particularly. And I'm I'm also in love with this Trehalose and HA combination drop, and just have seen a lot of in innovations with regards to it. And I, I'm I'm really grateful that we are at this point where we are able to kind of work through that with each and every patient. And that's the thing about dry eye disease. There's no a one size fits all, it's different for every patient. And Uh, that's how we continue to refine ourselves. Thank you for sharing your perspectives with us. We're really glad you're on the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Optometric Insights show. Make sure to like, subscribe, do us a favor and share this episode with a friend and stay tuned for more amazing uh, guests and shows from the OI show.